3: The amount of money that's going into politics right now is not sustainable. It's you know, not? Because we've watched we've watched politicians rake in billions upon billions upon billions of dollars for yeah. advertising, for keeping up their lifestyle while they're on the road campaigning. Mm-hmm. You know, funny thing is everything's a campaign event if you're talking about if you talk about how I'm gonna get elected, whether right. whether you're at a restaurant, a bar, or the strip club.
1: That's right.
3: You want to talk about waste in government, you know, you can't talk about waste in government. What starts here changes
0: the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition once you are willing to stand up for yourself. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people. Once 10 people. you recognize what your rights are. And each one of those people change the lives of another 10 people. Another 10, this is the 10.
2: beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why
1: we rally. And rally. you can
0: change the entire population of the world. 8 billion, billion. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people change their lives forever, forever we've got to be that something that arnold torn the historian refers to as a...
3: you're wrong
1: once you are willing to stand up for yourself then others will show up
3: also what about no children dying that's kind of mm-hmm. nice that's kind of nice of it.
1: liberation it's an internal thing.
0: But their children were saved. And their children's children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can and do it. i can
1: this, can do it. this way. Adam, guess what? Yes. Right. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? <laughs> what? We are in effect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? you change it.
1: Welcome. To public, to public access, access America. America. Welcome to Public Access America. <laughs>
3: <Woo>. <laughs>
1: Hi Jeffrey, how you doing?
3: Well, I stayed up quite late last night. Did you? Mm-hmm. I waited waited and watched the entire certification process.
1: Wow. I think I stopped somewhere around Pennsylvania when they said, uh, we object. And I was like, screw you.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I, well, I felt the same way, but, um, you know, I, I had, it was kind of one of those things. Like I just, you know, I had to watch to see where this was all going to go. Um, if you would have told me, that, you know, a bunch of hypocrites who complained about BLM and them daring and T for being violent and destroying stuff. And we ain't like that go in and be violent and destroy stuff and be exactly like that, you know, Mm. and then defend themselves saying that, well, if they're going to do it, we're going to do it after doing this whole, Oh, we're not like, that. you know what? You don't get it both ways. You don't get to be the high road and get to, do shit like that and then but, say but you well do. they got
1: good to do it but you do this is somebody told me i need a catchphrase to explain republicans in this era and the only thing i could hypocrisy. come up with hypocrisy the age of hypocrisy and that's what we live in and mm-hmm. it's amazing that they don't know it and what's interesting is the dunning kruger uh dunning kruger Mm -hmm. um thing keeps coming up now everybody is explaining um trump supporters that way too stupid to know you're stupid and i think that's everybody in america just to some extent
3: (laughs) oh absolutely Uh, and it's but what's been even more amazing is watching how many people have said oh no these are antifa actors that are doing
1: i heard that i heard that was just something coming out and i was i couldn't explain that i doesn't make
3: because sense. there is because there is no explanation for it. It's mm-hmm. these are the same people that have complained that you know violent video games is what's you know the problem with America, and then you know they don't show up for their kids shit and they just mm-hmm. aren't there.
1: Well, they I will say these are some of the same people that were at the Black Lives Movement behind everything, breaking glass and burning cars. These are the same people that were trying to make the Black Lives Matter movement look bad. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And now they're just in Washington. And I want to say ahead of time, before we start talking about... Trump supporters of this generalization. I'm trying to prove that like 74 million people voted for Trump, but I'm going to guess that maybe 50 million of them just like the tax breaks and the Republican agenda. And then so 25% of them are these radicalized, dumb motherfucker maggots. And then out of them, a subset is violent and so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want anybody thinking that i'm judging them for being a republican i'm not i I don't i'm i don't don't, i'm not looking at it that way i'm looking at it human to human i'm always looking at it as american to to american you know
3: i wouldn't even i wouldn't even judge those people as republican to be perfectly honest i mean to me especially watching the senate's uh, the senate's debates last night uh, especially Mm -hmm. after they reconvened you know i saw people who you know are what i would consider republican address these issues loudly and openly and even with a sense of defeat if you watched lindsey graham talk you could just tell that he was in complete and total disbelief Mm. but finally you know if I guess the broken clock finally had found the right time.
1: Yeah. I was, and, recor- I was recording last night in Denton County and all I could do is watch Lindsey Graham. And I was desperately wanted to know what he had to say.
3: Yeah. That was you know, he, that guy has been a snake in the grass for mm-hmm. the last five years, you know, cause he, uh, you know, he posted that if, if Trump, I mean the, the tweets there, that went around. If if we nominate Trump, he will destroy this party and we'll deserve it.
1: Mm-hmm. That is the epitaph of the Republican Party.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and
1: I think well, I think Lindsey yeah, Lindsey Graham's secret came out. I think I think Donald Trump had a little black book on certain people. And I think Lindsey Graham was worried about his secret coming out, but it, it came out like about a month ago. And I don't think he's been as attached to Donald Trump ever since. And I'm sorry you had to be forced out of the closet, Lindsay, but enjoy it. You know, you deserve to be who you are in any party, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So.
3: It's, yeah, it's, it's a mess. So.
1: Is it, though? Is it? Is it? That's, that's my other question is, is this a representation of America or a fractured party?
3: I would say it's a representation of a fractured party within a fractured America. And last night in the Senate you finally saw a bunch of people come to terms with that the way things have been operating for the past 4 years especially and if not the past 8 12 years has mm-hmm. not been okay. Right. You know, and and maybe I say this with you know basically an oceans worth of salt. Maybe that these two parties have seen that it's time to start working together on some things. Yeah. But once again, I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Uh, again, the government isn't there to work on every minutia. It is there to take care of the things that a majority of Americans care about. We used to have something called the Gallup poll. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember world war two, Gallup poll says 49% of Americans don't want to get in World War II. president says we're not getting in World War II. Gallup poll after Pearl Harbor says 85% of Americans want us to go to war. president says we're going to war. What happened to that voice? You know what I mean?
3: Well, that what happened to that voice is, is that now you have a bunch of different polls that are operated by a bunch of different news organizations that are operated with a bunch of different implicit biases. Mm. And so – you know, now you're you're constantly running into the well. This NBC poll says this, but this Reuters poll says this. Well, this Fox News poll says yeah. this. With well, Pew, Gallup, I mean, yeah. you have so many different polls, so many competing ideas, so many competing biases that you know there is there is really no objective poll. And even in the information age, one of the things that we struggle with is, is, you know, how much of this information is real because I, you know, every once in a while I get phone calls from Gallup poll, for example, okay. but
1: do I answer them? No. <laughs> who answers them? You know what I mean? Well, and who that, would answer an email? I won't click on an email. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know if there's a – and now I can't even answer my phone because I'm not quite sure what that phone number is. There's no real way of communicating because scammers and um, foreigners have you know, infiltrated all these ways to communicate. Now it's our social mm-hmm. media, and there's nowhere we can just go. I remember Enemy of the State, John Voight, says maybe all the privacy we have is what's in our head, and maybe that's enough. And I always think about that when i think about the government they are where we want to be before we're yeah. there they're designing the system to put us where they can monitor us
3: oh and and the funny thing is is that you know everybody wants to believe that the government is coming up with all of these crazy ideas on how they're going to track their citizens like through vaccinated microchips and it's like oh, oh dear christ it's like why would the government want to spend the money to create this technology when literally you're paying to carry it around in your pocket.
1: Exactly. You're putting what you're doing daily, minutely on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All they have to do. That's what they, that's what the, so there was a response to the, the, the mob, the insurrection. I'm not going to call them protesters because they went beyond that is nope, that the they police, insurrectionists. that the police response was weak and I, I was paying attention to that, and this is a subset of officials in Washington, you know, the Capitol Police that were there. There's issues on why there wasn't other police there, and all of that. And man, I fucking lost my point. There is so much to talk about here.
3: <laughs> you know, and in, and in, in when we were when we were messaging on on what Sunday Monday,
1: mm, yeah. <laughs> like, oh
3: man, you know, what are we going to do about this phone call? And suddenly the phone call is like the the least heinous thing that's happened. Right. Because because that was predictable.
1: Let's- oh, I got it. Okay. So the local police were the local presence that, you know, there, there wasn't enough arrests. And the problem was that the local police don't really have jurisdiction on those grounds. And all they could do was... Get uh, arrest people for curfew and uh, trespassing violations. But the U.S. district attorney in Colombia that explained that said that the federal government should go through facial, facial recognition and Facebook posts and social media events to find these people that were in there and prosecute them because that's the federal response. And we didn't see that in protecting the capital but i think we should see it going further and that that made me think of that because when we're saying that the government they don't need to put a chip in your vein you posting to facebook what you're doing you know what i mean or you're posting to parlor or twitch or whatever these new social medias are and they're subsetting you into so that it's easier to watch you you know what i mean
3: exactly you know you posting in these public spaces when you're in public spaces it, it's everybody's I've, I've watched a bunch of people say well oh how are they going to go and corroborate who all is there i'm like yeah. y'all understand how cell phone tower data works right yeah like i guarantee you because whether or not you understand how the government b- monitors and regulates its its own people it, it People are showing their ass and how much they really know. You know, for example, like even we know that when there's suspicious activity, traffic is routed. You know, police will set up what's called a stingray device, and it basically intercepts and and overtakes cell phone towers. So guess what? All of your cell phone information is running through these stingray devices, Mm -hmm. so they know exactly who's there. That's why when you see all of these protests about, you know, you know, like for example, back in 2016, the standing rock protests and everybody was trying to, you know, Mm. check in at standing rock saying, Hey, you know, we're going to confuse the police. No, you're not. Because, you know, tower, tower metric data is, is going to tell people who's actually there. And especially if they're running a stingray device now, even better yet, when you're dealing with the federal government and an agency that has, you know, a dealing in state secrets. Mm -hmm. Do you think that those cell phones are running through just regular ass Verizon towers? Right. Come on. Apply just a little bit of thought that information was going through, you know, most likely cell devices that were controlled by the federal government. Mm -hmm. And that's how they know who may or may not be leaking state secrets. So if you think that you outsmarted the cops because you wore a mask or because you whatever best of luck to you because if you carried your cell phone with you they have metric data on who was there yeah
1: video footage to verify it and facial recognition you didn't just put a bomb somewhere where there was no camera you know what i mean
3: right so, you know, and even with, uh, somebody who was arrested in a, for an attempted bombing and they were just sentenced here, uh, yesterday or the day before mm-hmm. you straight up, you know, that's how they got caught was from cell phone tower data. Yeah. It's like, come on people. Like, you you want to sit there and talk about the big, bad tech industry and how Facebook is. Mm-hmm. Listen, you want to know where you're, how you're being tracked you're carrying it in your pocket and you either are going to accept that and make a conscious decision to not do anything stupid. Sure. Or you're going to learn to leave your cell phone at home and, you know, make it a little bit more difficult. And that's my fear
1: is that I think my fear was that the mob was cover for a smaller group of people that actually know these things you know what I mean? And it's all done in Kruger, right? Like you don't know this stuff exists. And so you're stupid to it, but there's somebody always smarter than you. And there's somebody smarter than you making plans that you couldn't comprehend. I think when people think about other people, they try and they think that they are at their intelligence, you know what I mean? And so they can pull off tricks that they think are witty, but the other person may be way smarter in that aspect. You know what I mean? It's kind of like
3: it's it's kind of like when your children type to, try to pull shit and you're just like haha yeah. nice try I pulled right. the same crap
1: right but now I know what level what level of mental acuity you're at at this point based on how we were messing with me you know
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I just, you know I think it's amazing that Donald Trump is doing all this and everybody is falling for it because he is not the brightest I you know I go I go through these things to where I think is he delusional does he believe this stuff? Or does he not believe it? And this is all made up and I can't decide which one he is.
3: Well, I think that's been the, that's been the great argument for the last four years is that, you know, everybody wants to give him credit for being this, you know, mastermind evil genius, that's pulled strings behind the scenes with all these different, you know, shady governments. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they look at him and go, how are you not drooling on yourself? Exactly. And, 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 the answer is, is is that he's a populist. He's not this great intelligence uh, artifact of another time. He's literally done too many too much blow and had too many hookers to probably remember where he's at. That could be. I you know he is the he is the definition of Hanlon's razor and you know also being just a malicious person like there are times where his decisions are because he just is not that bright and you can attribute it to malice all you want but he's yeah. not that bright but then there are times where what he is doing is pure malice like
1: that's what confuses me
3: and that's and that's the struggle you know i think the georgia phone call highlighted that perfectly where you saw him just grasp onto these conspiracy theories that have no foot, like in the Senate, you heard in the Senate and in the house, you heard arguments about how the elections were run. Finally, someone, you know, a few people talked about how, you know, some of the elections were run in the state and that's why they objected. And unfortunately what you have, you know, from a constitutional standpoint is the House and the Senate, their only job was to open the ballots and count them. And if there were conflicting ballots, then there was the objection adjudication process. You had neither of those. You had a bunch of people that you know, basically said that you know the government does nothing but waste a bunch of time and money on the taxpayer's dime, but then went and wasted a bunch of time and money on the taxpayer's dime because – for as much as they say that we need to apply the constitution in the most conservative sense they didn't want to apply the constitution in the most conservative sense so what is it are you a constitutionalist or are you looking for a liberal you know a liberal application of the constitution and funny enough it's, it's convenient for a liberal application when it's their power and their guy, but make no mistake, what we're seeing right now is the vestiges of two parties that are so broken, clinging on to power that as, as the American public, we need to really be thinking about, is this what we want to have for another? F- I mean, this is what we're going to have for another four years, but do we really want it any longer than that? And A few people decided, hey, let's be violent about it. And, you know, as Americans, we're going to have to start thinking about what are what we're going to be doing in terms of parties, simply because these are the vestiges of two very broken parties. And we're going to have to decide, you know, we've got four more years of, of that ahead of us. Is that four more years? Absolutely worth it.
1: Yeah, you know, we have to start. And, nobody thinks about the future until it's the present, you know,
3: mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, what, what do you want to see happen after Biden's presidency? What do you want to see happen during Biden's presidency? Mm-hmm. These two parties are clinging to what power there is and people are rightfully angry. It's, you know, just that, you know, some people try to, some people tried to associate Um, this with the more libertarian side of, oh, people are tired of their government. Look, yes. Are there libertarians that support crap like that? Yes. And to me, that's, you know, I think Marco Rubio said it right, is, is that what we saw yesterday looked more like the complaints that we have lodged against Cuba than the United States of America, where we saw people, you know, basically just try to do something without... They tried to intimidate the government into getting their way.
1: They believe it, though.
3: Yep. And here's the difference is is that, you know, from my standpoint as a libertarian is that that those beginnings are reserved for people like Donald Trump who were trying to hold on to the vestiges of power yeah. and not transfer peacefully.
1: It's that's a, that's quick, when that's it's people that want a quick fix and don't want to put in the work.
3: Well, I wouldn't even say that. It's people that are dedicated to a man or a party instead of their country. And Mm. that's the problem. You know, I I would love to see, you know, more uh, rights in the hands of states. I would love to see more adjudicated at the state level and see the federal government get out of it. But that ain't the way. Period. End of story.
1: Yeah. You know, somebody said, and I thought it was witty. Somebody said, Why don't you, why are you always bad-mouthing Trump? Why aren't you always promoting Biden? And this guy said, well, that's easy because Biden isn't a demigod that needs constant attention. If he does his job, I don't really need to think about him. The same reason I don't have a, a flag of my postman on my wall is because if he does his job, I don't think about him. It's when he doesn't do his job. That I think so. he needs to be replaced, and if Biden doesn't do his job, I will think he needs to be replaced, and that's my point of view too. You know. Mm-hmm.
3: And on top of that, you know, I, a bunch of uh, I, I've noticed some conservative people have been like, "Oh, so you're just a bleeding heart liberal since you're always trashing on Trump." Mm. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I have my problems with Biden, and they are many. Me but too. But guess what? At the end of the day, I don't have any questions whether or not if Biden were voted out of office that he'd leave. He, he respects the institution of the presidency. He respects the United States of America enough to be like, yeah, I will lodge my complaints if there are complaints to be lodged. But when it's time to walk away, I'm walking away. Yeah. you know, I, and I'm not and I'm not gonna throw this fit and fight and I'm not gonna rally supporters to try and walk yeah. down to the Capitol and all this other bullshit that you saw yesterday.
1: Yeah I Biden's not trying to kill me, so I need to get out of what what's going on right now. I mean the, the way Trump operates kills poor people. It kills brown people. It kills foreigners. You know, people outside of this country, it kills anybody except the circle of people that surround him. And so that's the problem is because when when a party goes after the minorities, the poor white people get involved, too. We get stuck in it, too. Trump supporters are getting screwed just like um, Anwar in North Carolina or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the people in Texas. I mean, people are dying, Jeffrey. If, if we think 335,000 dead Americans is the exact number, that's not right at all. And we have to start thinking that a lot more people are dying, and we're just not getting the stats and records that we need. But people are getting sick, and I believe Donald Trump let that into the country purposely and didn't plan on controlling it. He didn't think it was going to get this out of hand, but when it was in democratic states, he seemed perfectly fine with it running its course. It's, it's, when, it's when it hit red states that shit hit the fan. And I constantly have been watching over the past month how now that things are affecting white people, like the poor middle-class white people, the people making a million dollars to $100,000, when those people are getting affected there's more noise there's more shit hitting the fan people are starting to question their allegiances but when it was affecting me or you or you know my neighbors you know that make 25 10 600 um, a year nobody cared
3: mm-hmm. and 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 what a yeah this was this was a giant i mean we can dedicate an entire episode on on the giant failures of covid government response and all of that of course that's i that is a hell of a breakdown and it boiled down to isolationism denialism and then suddenly you know just straight up spewing conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. falsehoods in order to deflect from poor piss poor decision-making, you know, this was not the workings of someone who is the strategic genius. This was literally somebody going, well, how bad could it be if we just let it and turns out, yeah, it's pretty bad. And the, the conspiracy theories that have been spouted, you know, and, and watching people, you know, if as much as people want to, to say that, oh, I'm not a number, I'm a person and and my opinion matters to watch them denigrate those people that have died from this to numbers and statistics. It's like, you know, right. My mom said it best, you know, yeah, maybe one in a hundred people are gonna die, but tell me which one are you picking? That's right. you know which one of those hundred which one of the hundred people closest to you are you picking and <laughs> and if you're going to, if you're going to relegate humanity down to a statistic, look, it works great. You know, relegating humanity down to statistics works great in determining policy. It works great in, you know, ads. It works great in determining how you run your business. But when it comes to relegating how you supposedly, you know, allow people to live while being pro life, yeah. I'm sorry. This is that's the one where I tell people it's like you're not pro-life if you support the death penalty. You're not pro-life.
1: Well, if somebody somebody said it and I love it was if you're pro-life you would want to protect the body that the baby is growing in.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, you can be anti-abortion, but don't don't pretend that you're pro-life, especially after this. Don't pretend that you're pro-life. You know, don't pretend that you're pro Blue Lives Matter after this. We saw how yeah. far that
1: that that went.
3: I Blue Lives that. Matter until it was no longer convenient for you.
1: Right. I watched that video of that, that one black cop with a baton, you know, backing up as the, as the crowd came in. And he just did not want to start anything. He was scared to death that if he hit somebody, he would be attacked and beaten to death. And exactly. I wonder how much of that was him going... Oh shit! I'm black. Like, did he have that moment of revelation that I'm the black man with the uniform? Wow! Like, you know.
3: <clears throat> and and guess what? You know, we saw exactly yesterday how, what you think of Blue Lives. You mm-hmm. know, it was convenient when you were up against BLM and Antifa. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, when you wanted your way, Blue Lives didn't matter where the fuck.
1: But isn't they that, tear
3: gassed people. They tear gassed
1: that, cops. But isn't that a cop out? I mean, don't 99% of Trump supporters get to say that wasn't me, but I support them being there. I support their right to do it, I, but that wasn't me. I would never do that to a police officer, but I would support people that do it. But no, no, no. You know what you can't- I mean?
3: you know but that's that's the funny thing though is is that you these were the people that were carrying those flags that were doing that to cops like you don't get to carry that flag and then do that to cops and then talk about how you back the blue bull fucking shit right right it's like look i i I know plenty of people who do back the blue i mean i have cops in my family
1: you know i I do it on a case-by-case basis
3: you know it's it's one of those things where it's like there are people out there who tarnish the badge.
1: Yes, just as
3: there are probably, just as there are people out there who tarnish the Republican Party, just as there are people out there who who tarnish any idea that one may hold dear.
1: Well, to be a part of any organization, group, or uh, anything like that, your first thing is you can't have freedom to question it. That's the first thing you lose is. I, mm-hmm. That's why I've never joined a party is because you lose your ability to question it. That's why I never liked religion is because I want the ability to question certain things and you're not allowed to.
3: Mm, coming from religion, that's, that definitely makes sense. Also, too, I think you know at least with the Libertarian Party, one of the one of the memes, jokes, truths of being in the Libertarian Party is is that you know Republicans, Democrats, and Libertarians all hate Libertarians.
1: <laughs> That's funny, you, yeah,
3: know, I you know. I,
1: I think if you talk to a libertarian and flesh out what he wants, it's the same thing as a progressive or an independent or a non-voter. I think that we, we only get so much time before people make their decision. I can say I'm an independent because, and they lose it. That's it. They don't hear anything else. I'm a Republican. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate you. I'm. A, and we got to get past that, like. I, I keep saying ten years ago nobody gave a fuck about politics. These people weren't rioting for George Bush. They didn't know what politics was. So when we say they don't they don't understand the process because they're stupid they've never had the practice they've never been political before they've been drinking their beers at their trailers having sex with their sister they didn't care about the president until he was black and then suddenly there was an issue but they didn't pay attention to politics they paid attention to the skin tone and now they have a white guy and he's like i defeated the black guy i'm here now and they love him you know well
3: and that's and and you know, the, the recent round of memes of, you know, the last four years of not my president, not my president, not my president. Why aren't Mm -hmm. you guys accepting my president? And I responded back to one of my friends and I said, 2007 through 2017 or 2008 through 2017 was, uh, You know, Barack Obama's a black Muslim Arab from the Middle East. He was born in Kenya. He's not an American. Magically, Trump steps in and says, I've seen his long-form birth certificate, and I'm satisfied, and it was dropped.
1: Do you remember that? Like, I remember that press conference because he had Trump water and Trump steaks sitting right there, and he went to, like, one of his casinos or something to do it, and he just said, he's an American. And walked away. That was like, he was just super pissed that he had to say it. You know what I mean? I remember yep. that. And I could never find the video so I could make that an episode because it was so short. It was like two hours of waiting. Oh, Donald Trump is finally going to admit he was wrong. And he just, he was American. And that was it.
3: And 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 that's, you know, so when they're sitting there complaining about the libs and, and how... Mm-hmm. Why he? Why did they never? For for eight years, you refused to accept that the black man was president and spouted every fucking conspiracy theory under the sun. I mean, how bad is it that from the from the get, John McCain had to defend the fact that the guy was an American?
1: Right. It's
3: like John McCain had to defend the fact that the guy was an American, and the that you know a bunch of people in that in on that party did not want to admit it. Mm-hmm. And so magically, magically that conversation ended the moment Trump said he's
1: an American. Yeah, because Trump so, wanted to run for office, and he had to get it dropped.
3: So, so let's be clear then that you, know, you, can, you can look at Barack Obama's policies and, be, and objectively say that he wasn't a good president or a bad president. Some people are going to say that he was more good than bad, some are gonna say he was more bad than good. Objectively, he was a middle of the road president.
1: Like, yes, and that's what gets elected.
3: You know, and and, and that's just it is, is that you, you hope for a middle of the road president and you allow their term to dictate what their legacy might be remembered as. Yes. You know, George W. Bush, when he was elected, was a middle-of-the-road candidate for the Republicans. I mean, yep. let's be real, you know, the guy didn't really have a whole lot behind him. There's been a very interesting rewriting of his legacy in, in, in the age of, of Trump. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was particularly that great of a president simply because, you know, look, I mean, I was pissed in the days of post nine 11. I wanted some vengeance too. Afghanistan made sense at the time, but I was also a kid and Mm you know looking back at it now in hindsight being what it was it's like this was a terrible decision <laughs> this was our vietnam yeah. here we are almost 20 years
1: later still there protecting mining rights so anyway <laughs> <laughs> i mean well that, i mean that's my point is you can't be president with oh without being middle of the road but I, listen to Sheldon Richardson because he has a very unique way of changing the system, and it is by calling out the people that are choosing the people that will become our candidates. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like um, he last last time I saw him, he brought up the fact that maybe we need to start paying attention to the gas and coal industries' lobbying of our. Of of our system to change the system. And I truly believe that there is groups on either side that see a candidate and they start grooming them just like Amy Comey Barrett, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And these are the, the subset of people that they get to choose from for these positions. And we need to start paying attention to the people that are funding our politicians because I cannot become a Democrat without giving to the democratic party which means i need to fundraise immediately and okay. i will never go anywhere unless i'm a fundraiser and so i need those people to fund me and that's the issue that's that's the main issue and i hope i hope that if the senate goes well and I know there's a filibuster and you need 60 votes, but if we could just pass HR1 and clean up money in politics so that I don't have to give my money to a politician when he's getting it from a lobbyist or a a super PAC or a nefarious Mm -hmm. group, you know, then we can start electing people for their values and their morals and not for their fundraising ability, you know. I
3: think I think I think the problem with that though is is that you're what you're then trying to do is you're trying to operate within the constraints of the current system and if you're going to say that the current system is broken but then try to operate within the constraints of the current system you're already set up for failure. Well, this is where progressives
1: find, I'm trying to find the lead point, where's the fire? That's a spark. Our candidates are sparks. Where's the fire? And I want to put that out. I don't want to sit here and fight sparks all day.
3: Right. Here's what I would say, though, is 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 that the the D's and the R's they have their set processes, mm-hmm. and what we're seeing is the vestiges, the final vestiges of these two parties, the P's, the progressives, the I's, the independents, and the L's, the libertarians,
1: and the N non-voters.
3: To, well, I, I I I struggle to include them because they're not going to run for office,
1: but they were 80 million non-votes. Which well, is how, which would have, that which would have defeated Donald Trump.
3: Well, I mean, we have we definitely have to have the conversation of how we get the 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 non-voters involved. That's yes. that's something that's got to come up.
1: But they but, are a, they are a group that I count in as a possible ally. You know what I mean? Potentially,
3: I mean. But but there again, you know, that's 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 a rough one because. You know, when you're counting on zero, that's not exactly.
1: A, well, but they're, a very but they're not. They're not Democrats. They're, they're obviously not. They're not
3: Republicans. I would. Maybe they're independents. Maybe they're progressives. Maybe they're libertarians. It's there's a lot of maybes. Mm-hmm. But the the answer is is that they're not involved. But where I'm going with this is that the Ps, the Is, the Ls. It's like you can see how the Democrats and the Republicans are operating and you can try to operate within those constraints, or Mm -hmm. you do what some of the, you know, what some few small breakthrough candidates have done is you figure out the different way to get yourself in and get yourself elected. Whether you do it at the local level, like with your city council, whether you become, you know, a state house or a state Senator, or Mm -hmm. run for the U S house of reps, but, Create your own method. And honestly, I think that as much as I hate it, I think that when someone finally figures out how to use social media, i.e. Zoom, YouTube, all these other things, in order to connect with constituents and build their base that way, Mm -hmm. you're going to see people from this side try to change The system in order to operate this way with these three parties and those three parties need to reject that and create their own path forward because how are you going to get money out of politics if you're going to operate in the same constraint as these other two parties where money is 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 just it just is
1: it's my issue with it is joe biden said power isn't taken it's given by the American people. I wouldn't take. I can't take power. And I so I responded. That's why you take my money is mm-hmm. because money you've made money power, and mm-hmm. so then you could because power is an intangible. It's nothing you can put your hands on. But if you transfer it into a, an an in an animate object and then suddenly you can take power and they have by taking money. And I don't think it's fair that they pretend to run their, their campaigns on my money, but yet still get money from the super PACs. Look, Donald Trump is failing because people aren't funding him anymore. People, people like, Ted Cruz, they're not getting money from small dollar donations. They don't have to answer to them. It's the people right. that are funding or lacking the funding that will decide if Ted Cruz remains a senator or not. And that's my issue is because the man has no no ability to be a senator. He has, he's He's Benedict Arnold to me, and I want him gone. And there's no way to do that because people that fund these campaigns say he can stay, and it bugs me.
3: And, and, and really what it boils down to is, is that the voter needs to understand how they take back their power, their voice. You know, the reason why people get so pissed off when you have, you know, a Donald Trump or or I mean, I wouldn't even say that it's in the same vein, but like an AOC, for example, mm-hmm. who, yeah. you know, flat out, you know, she won her support. By small, regular people. And she's won it again and again because people got tired of the money in the politics. And, yeah, people donated because we live in a realistic realm of money is what you need in order to get your name out there on the radio, get your ads up there on YouTube. But that's not how she built herself. It wasn't that's right. Because she of
1: walked that. around the neighborhood. Every day, she walked around the neighborhood and met people. Yep. You need you need more money when you can visit the people less. But the people and their vote is what matters. It's not the money they have. Why would I give you five dollars to give you my vote? That makes no sense. I'm going to give you my vote and not my money.
3: Yep, and that's and that's exactly how you know, like like with her, like whether or not you agree with her politics is, is an entirely different subset of how she got elected was because there were enough people pissed off about that system that they saw that they're like, mm-hmm. why am I paying to keep up this system? This yes. doesn't work for me, and so the number of people who want to write her off need to understand that. What they've seen is they've seen the Democratic Party fail them. They've seen the Republic, the Republican Party fail them, mm-hmm. and then a familiar face from a, from a, her bartending days is walking yep. around the neighborhood, you know, introducing herself and talking politics. And suddenly, she's a U.S. House Rep. Yeah. So, but
1: she he- was she was groomed. I mean, she was mentored. I'm not saying that she didn't have you know the benefits of. A system, Bernie Sanders, and you know she—I can't remember what she was before that, but she was something very interesting as an activist or something. Mm-hmm. She has a background and a really great background, but mm-hmm. the way she did it—that was impressive to me.
3: And and really, the independents and the libertarians need to figure out a similar situation. Yeah, because you know, the, I think the the biggest thing that all of us need to recognize is, is that the amount of money that's going into politics right now is not sustainable. It's not because we've watched, we've watched politicians rake in billions upon billions upon billions of dollars for advertising, for keeping up their lifestyle while they're on the road campaigning. Mm -hmm. You know, funny thing is everything's a campaign event. If you're talking about, if you talk about how I'm going to get elected, whether, whether you're at a restaurant, a bar or the strip club, that's right. You want to talk about waste and government, you know, you can't talk about waste and government. You know, just solely at a congressional level and a state spending level without talking about how much money is being thrown away on politicians and keeping up their lifestyles.
1: And it was it was Donald Trump's super PAC that made me realize this, like everybody is mad at him because he's raising money and stealing. They're calling it stealing. He's stealing money, just like every other politician is. They're just not being called. It's not being called out right? Like Amy McGrath said, please give me your money, Kentuckians. And I was like, the people of Kentucky right now, they're battling uh, COVID and protests and they don't, don't have money. They didn't have money to begin with. You're going about that wrong. I might be able to go to a New York um, you know, donation party and raking millions, but you can't do that to Kentuckians or people that are mm-hmm. in these lower area income brackets. You can't keep doing that to us. I can't, I can't, I can't give money to 14 politicians up the ladder. I can give you my vote and that's all I'm going to do now, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And that's, and as soon as more progressives and independents and libertarians figure out that that's the method that they need to use, mm-hmm. like actually connect with their constituents, and and I mean even as a libertarian, yeah. there's got to be some abandonment of some of these weird-ass conspiracy theories. Like yeah. I want to see less government just as much as the next libertarian, but the, the answer is, is, is that – I need to show the people that the way in which I want that to go away is by the people voting for that to go away. Right. Not not anything else. Because I, and I want to
1: I wanna have a thorough abate debate about everything that you want to go away. I want America to discuss it and decide.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's just it. Is is that You know, once upon a time, I considered myself a Republican because, you know, I believed in financial – being financially conservative.
1: Me too. You
3: know, that definitely hasn't happened in in a long time. Right. Then I thought maybe I was a Democrat because, you know, there are some things that just, you know, support LGBT rights. Of course. I You know, gay marriage is a thing that I support. Legalization of marijuana.
1: I support everything that they they support. But the problem is is that I, I support things that they actually don't actively support. Exactly. I think in in theory I'm a democrat because what they say I believe, but they don't act on what they believe. They mm-hmm. just act on it to get in power. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean?
3: And, and and so a lot of what I have is disagreements on how you get there. And so mm-hmm. where I you know then people are like, well, maybe you were a progressive. No, because I don't think more government is actually the answer. Uh I've watched the government keep getting themselves involved and getting themselves involved and screwing it up and screwing it up and costing the taxpayers millions upon millions upon billions upon trillions of dollars. That's right. So where does that leave me? Like, I agree with where the progressives want to go to some extent. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with the method that they want to get there,
1: which is why they're tired and they're shouting for everything just like a trump supporter give me everything and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. if there's going to be a civil war i've said it before give me free health care you know what i mean
3: well you know it's it's definitely one of those things like there there are a few things that i can see the government actively being involved in simply Mm. because to act like you know there's a larger body of of negotiation other than the federal government is just absolutely insane you right. there are there is no business that is going to have greater bargaining power than the federal government the, the federal government oh. and that's just that is the the reason the reason is 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 that you put all of that power conglomerate conglomerated into one area yeah so I mean, simple economics, you know, the more bargaining power you have, the better, the better pricing you're going to get. And I think that's really solely one of the things that it could do. But in terms of figuring out what that best care looks like, I mean, let's be realistic here. Medicare is a mess. Medicaid, Medicaid does slightly better because it's a a state adjudication.
1: What is it? It's the... it's a monster it's it's what we tell people is way more than it actually is like social welfare social welfare I'm paying for social welfare no you're not you're like so little of our money goes to social welfare and it's cut every year you know what I mean right it's it's right. the boogeyman it's the boogeyman Medicare it's the boogeyman now it's not it's 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 not run correctly I I'll give you that it's not mm-hmm. good. It's not good. But in the hands of somebody like a Bernie Sanders or somebody innovative, I think it could be something. I see it as a structure that needs to be like an old house that just needs to be remodeled. And I I see the bones of it and I like it
3: there are solid bones to the idea and yeah. and i think that's where i think that's where a lot of us tend to agree is that there are solid bones but the the current method doesn't work and yeah. and and we just have differing ideas on you know how do you rebuild this mm-hmm. using the bones that you have and i think that you know I, I can see the point of where, you know, someone wants more government involvement, you know, strictly speaking from a business sense, there is no greater bargaining power than the United States government. Yeah. But in terms of finding efficiencies, the government is not the most efficient machine. It never has been. And, yeah. and that's because you have bureaucrats among administrators, among clerks and clerks and you just have you have so many hands that take out of it that by the time it trickles down to you, good old trickle down government, the trickle down government, yeah. You get $3,000 and maybe a finger in the ass.
1: That's what I, yeah, like people are like I deserve $2,000. I was like a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if they're giving out money, then like I Ryan brought this up yesterday and it's a really unique perspective on it. Everybody is borrowing money right now. Everybody's printing money around the world. So nothing is going to become devalued because everybody is just printing the money right now. So that's okay. $2,000 isn't going to help me after eight months of nothing. You know what I mean? That's gone. $10,000, that's gone. That's gone. That's That's history. I would need $20,000 right now to get to the point where I was before the pandemic. And that is me Having it to spend, imagine the people that don't have that that net, you know what I mean? And so, no, you give me on a sliding scale. If you make $995,000 a year, you can have $500. But if you make $18,000 a year, you're getting $2,000 a month because you've been screwed, you know?
3: hmm and, and and that's one of those things where it's like I've been trying to explain to people how yeah I actually ended up having this conversation because one of my kids brought up you know the whole what's what's the deal with the stimulus and why why six hundred dollars why two thousand yeah, dollars why why and I had to explain I said you know I asked him I said if you you know you right now you have no debt. You don't owe anybody any money. If I hand you $2,000, what are you going to do? One kid says, I'm going to buy a laptop and a drawing pad. And another kid says, I'm going to save it. I said, okay, both are valid. Because you can do something with that money, you know, by buying stuff, you know, the idea is that you're injecting money into the economy, Mm -hmm. the places that are paying people, the things that are being bought, that's going to start circulating more money because those people will now have money to buy things and so if you're saving thing, if you're saving your money, not so much the case. It doesn't do anything to speed up the economy or get people back to work. That's money that you're saving, but it does have a little bit of an effect because that two thousand dollars is now sitting in a bank, and a bank can use that to leverage loans. Yes. So there is a little bit there, All right? He said, "Now imagine if you're me and you've got, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt and you've got a house payment. What yeah. do you think that two What do you think that two thousand dollars does for you, uh, for me? And they're like, that really doesn't do a whole lot. I said, no, it it pays down maybe a credit card, which we yeah. saw. is said, and and but the reality is, is that if you have a lower credit card payment, now you got a little extra money you can spend elsewhere. They said, right. now imagine that your rent is two thousand dollars a month." Because at one point that's what our rent was, it was two thousand dollars a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But but now you're eight months behind on rent.
1: Yeah.
3: What are you gonna do with that two thousand dollars? Well, pay rent. I said, Okay, now let me tell you this. Thanks for paying me two thousand dollars. I'm still kicking you out. Well, why, why am I paying you two thousand dollars? I said, exactly. Exactly. So so what do you think is gonna happen with that two thousand dollars?
1: <laughs> you know? Creditors. Creditors. <laughs>
3: There's creditors. going to be a
1: line of people saying, hey, Jason, I want my money. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. You're going to give it away to your electric company, your water company, your your rent, and it's not going to stimulate the economy. That $600 is gone. My rent is, is twice that. You know what I mean? Over mm-hmm. twice that. That's gone. $600, that's gone. And my problem is, is you've had me on a steady supply, a steady income because I'm on disability. But yet, the price of everything has gone up, and it's become more scarce. I can't buy toilet paper in bulk the way I did for twenty one dollars. Now I'm paying fourteen dollars for six rolls. That's an issue. Things like that are costing more. It costs me more to get places, and it's harder to do because of COVID and the restrictions. And we're just slowly drowning. And so, so somebody that makes that works a job you know what i mean they're drowning and they don't even get to be at home they don't even get to complain about it because they're at work you know Mm -hmm.
3: so you look at you know you look at all of that and you have to try and figure out it's like what what good is two thousand dollars going to do when 600 isn't going to do anything either and the reality is is that it's 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 not going to do as much good as people think and want it to be mm-hmm. it's a nice start to me you know some people see it as socialism for me who pays a bunch of taxes in and knows how much i paid in taxes last year that is a great start for me to um, pay off some other debts so that yeah. way i can spend more money in the economy mm. but even then it's not like it's gonna be life-changing yeah so it's it's really you know and i i struggle with this one because there's going to have to be some life-changing decisions that get made in the new biden administration and some of it i struggle
1: with you know that's why we need to have conversations so that in an hour we might come up with one thing that they might hear and be like my hope is that like the, the elite that don't talk to people that tell us what we think, listen and go, hey, there's just two regular guys and they're not radical in any way. They're just having conversations. And I like what, what he said about that. I like what he said about that. And I'm just hoping mm-hmm. that maybe, maybe our ideas start to flow up instead of policies being crushed down. You know what I mean?
3: Right, right. and and i think that oh, i hope that that's exactly what happens because mm-hmm. in the end we've seen two systems of tired ideas yeah and that's that's what it boils down to these tired ideas are not reducing the deficit they're not reducing our national debt mm-hmm. they are not they are not doing things that make america easier to do successful business, stay healthy and stay educated. Mm. These the things that have happened mm. during the last 20 years they are frustrating. They are frustrating mm. as all hell because mm. there is there is no reason why one of the most advanced countries in the world should be having to debate whether the Earth is round, whether uh, whether some bogus ass conspiracy theory on the internet is true, or whether or not even that a that the president of the United States is going to you know circulate said conspiracy theories, once upon a time. You know, in, in the land of the 1960s when, you know, supposedly America was great, um, Kennedy showed a picture of the Russian missile sites. He was ready to go to war and he was showing the Allies, it's like, here's where all these missile sites were. And as he brought the map out on the table, the French president said, I don't need to see the proof. If the American president, if the president of the United States of America says there's Russian missiles in Cuba,
1: mm-hmm. then there
3: are Russian missiles in Cuba. Right. Flash forward 60 years and now we've got the American president spouting QAnon conspiracy theories that are coming – I, I, my bet is, is that they're coming from Russia or China. And someone is laughing their ass
1: off at a but bunch how, of people. How does a man that doesn't use the internet be, become so knowledgeable in every one of these conspiracies?
3: The same, the same way that any of our parents or grandparents became so knowledgeable in these conspiracies. Lafren said it, so it had to be true.
1: Who's telling the president? Because this is what this – if he's surrounded with people that are telling him this and only this, this is what he believes. Because he naturally doesn't like opposing opinions, right? And so this is what he believes – And he used to be the guy that wanted two people to argue a point in the room in front of him so he could make the decision. That's what Donald Trump was. He's not that anymore. It's a bunch of people that are echoing things that he wants to hear because he's heard them. And that's like early onset dementia. But I don't know if he himself knows that what he's saying is untrue. And it's the basis of, is the phone call illegal? Because if he knowingly is doing this, you know, if he's knowingly trying to change the election, that's a crime. But if he's fighting for his right because he truly believes this, it isn't. And that's why I'm trying to get at what is Donald Trump.
3: The answer is, if, if there was a if there was a, a term that was. Uh not necessarily – Like pretty much the opposites. He's he he's an idiot savant, but without the savant.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, there is there's somebody else that I can relate him to. There has to be. I just I can't figure him out because I don't know him well enough. Because there's not enough time that, where he's not presenting himself as something, and he's the, not ever himself. You know.
3: I think I think that's the problem. Is is that he's a socialite. He's a socialite. He's a socialite. Become power-hungry president, and that's why. And that's where the struggle is. Is is that, you know, you have these two competing ideas. Is in that you've got this person who's probably being fed a bunch of bullshit, but he's so used to having that thrall of being a socialite that he's, you know, literally just getting amalgamated into these things. Like you asked the question: Is he? is he an idiot or is he you know a mm-hmm. thug right and the answer is very simple if you listen to the phone call where he you know was while well, there's dead voters while well, there's the ballot shredding while well, the dominions the dominions changing the machine parts well mm-hmm. china well germany well russia well he sounds like an idiot until you hear look all i need is you to find 11780 more
1: votes one more than i need
3: one more
1: than i have you yep. know and that's why i did the whole phone call because i think maybe um an al capone you know what i mean stupid smart like because because Donald Trump could have easily on November 3rd said, hey, I'm giving every American $2,000 a month. I'm eliminating your, your student loans. I'm going to give you free health care, and I'm going to legalize marijuana. He could have done that and won the presidency, but he didn't because it's not in his nature. You know what I mean?
3: Yep. And the he reality – on To do it. Yep. Well, and, and the reality was, is, is that, you know, if he was going to do what a bunch of people would have loved, that would have m- maybe changed the metric, mm-hmm. but oh, I had a good point. Now I can't remember where I was going to go with it. Crap. Oh, I had a really good one.
1: Um, I really, did, I really did say, I'm not going to interrupt Jeffrey. I'm not going to go on as many tangents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's, it was a fleeting thought and maybe I'll get it back. Um,
1: yeah, I'm it.
3: sorry Oh well um, You know, with, with Donald Trump It's just We've seen We've seen the worst That American history has to offer and I, and I think that Genuinely, you struggle with Trying to compare Donald Trump To, you know, something Because there is no comparison Of what Donald Trump is And we've got to get used to Saying that
1: I think there is. I think it's just, I think he's an empty vessel filled by evil people. Honestly.
3: And and that might be true. That may be true. Cause I know that the people that he's been surrounded by are not, a, there's a lot of really
1: bad apples in there. Right. right. So if you're looking you for know, an opinion and you get an evil opinion and then, the other guys like well here's something a little less evil even if you pick the less evil decision you know it's not like he's surrounded by the pope or you know <laughs> like right. buddha he's right. surrounded by people that wouldn't would give i don't know i just i like to believe in people and i think donald trump I, I believed, and I'll wrap up on this cause we got to go. I believed that Donald Trump's plan was to get in as a Republican and then get a second term as a Democrat by switching to more populist, like pleasing the people to get his second term. And I thought he would do that and he didn't. And I think it's because he got weak and his donors forced him. And then he just took this real evil. For a while, he didn't even want to be president. You could see it. What he was doing was tanking his election. He didn't want to do it anymore. He was tired of it. And then they stopped funding him. And he was like, oh shit, I'm going to be arrested. I need to be president. And he started fighting again. But I, I just think he lost his way. I think maybe he went in with good intentions and it just, it just it, it failed. And I, I it failed.
3: I, I I think that he went in with self-serving intentions I don't think they were good mm. but in the end we saw what many of us have been with many a politician power corrupts and that mm. is the first taste of real power that man has ever had right and so I think differently in that I don't think it was that he didn't want to be president. I think it was that he thought he didn't have to try. Interesting. Kind of like you get a, you get a kid who's really smart, and they do really well for a long time, and then they get lazy, mm-hmm. and they coast until suddenly they hit something hard, yep. and then, and then it's all downhill from there, and then suddenly they're grasping on to what power they had
1: it's not there anymore. That's right. Well, let's leave it right. Let's leave it on that. It's, it's about time to wrap up. Thanks yeah. for being Jeffrey. Thanks for having me again. No problem. And you can watch, you can listen to Public Access America. You can watch Public Access America on Facebook, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Bye, Jeffrey. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> to those who would tear,
0: This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all Place, and I don't place care how I don't tough care you are. Up, it will beat you to you your knees, knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You
2: or you, it. nobody. nobody it's gonna hit as hard as life. Yes, we as not
0: not you can. What your country can do for you, I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your. I poor little children. Yes, we can. have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a, it's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can and keep moving, keep moving forward. How much, forward. You, can how much, how much you can take and keep, keep moving forward. forward. That's how winning is done.
1: Welcome to public access America. America.
0: Yes, we can. yes, we
1: can. Now at uh, and soundcloud he wanted to run out of that tunnel. My, dad. my dad on twitter apple Podcasts, the stitcher smart radio app and spotify, spotify. Yes, we can. yes we can public access america history in the making making history in the making